Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 33 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. So today we have the hilariously funny, the lady, the legend herself, the woman behind my favorite meme account and yours, Roxanne from spiritual underscore AF. Yep, you heard right. Spiritual as fuck. Now, just a little warning. This episode has a few curse words in it, so I would put the kiddos away or put some headphones on because this episode is the funniest uncensored episode I think I've ever done of A Sober Girl's Guide. This is a real raw conversation about all things spiritual, and we get funny as fuck on it. So, without further ado, let's get into it. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen my post about ugly drinks. So yeah, I was looking all cute, drinking my favorite peach sparkling water. But which I, what I love about ugly drinks the most is how they give back, how they interact with their community. So with every drink purchased by from ugly, ugly drinks, they donate directly right to the cause to Girl Up. They partnered with Girl Up to tackle the ugly truth of global gender inequality. With every purchase, they give to Girl Up's leadership program, which trains teenage girls to take action for gender equality. With International Women's Day right around the corner, what better cause to support? So definitely check out uglydrinks.com, get some amazing sparkling water, love the flavors, and also give back to your girls' community. It's a win-win. Like it a lot. <laughs> Good. Roxanne, I am so stoked to talk to you. First of all, you're my favorite Instagram account of all time because you're absolutely hilarious. 
Dude, I literally was crying, laughing this morning. Not at you, with you, of course. Um, at your outtakes, like on your stories of your of your video, like because you know you just posted this amazing announcement, which we're gonna go get into. But you're the the outtakes of what it took to like make that video were insane. Like, oh my god, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Always here to help with the insanity. Yeah. Yeah. That's real life. (laughs) Oh my God. Like you literally nailed that. Um, I think you, you posted it yesterday too of that, that girl singing, um, oh my God. What was the song? The Whitney Houston song? I will always love you. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Like it was to a T. That was hilarious. Oh my God. I love you. I love thank, it. I love thank, it. Thank you. Thank um, you. That was actually, oh, wait a minute. Should I not talk about it yet? <laughs> no, talk about it. Go oh, for it. Oh, so it, it's that thing. Like I, um, I was taking myself way too seriously and I was trying to do, I was trying to be somebody else when I was mm. announcing these, you know, this like big thing I was excited about. And, yeah. and then I kept, I kept, looking at myself in the, in the, um, phone and being like, Oh, you're too much of this and too much of that. And da da da, and then trying to be like, I was trying to be pumpkin spice polished lady and I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> and, and then, yeah. and then when I, you know, and I finally just, I was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. I have to post this cause it has to go out today. And so I posted yeah. the one that I put on my page and then I was like, so insecure. And then I went back and looked and laughed at myself and loved myself for it. And then when I finally yeah. posted it on my stories, it was that thing that I'm always preaching about, about being like, just get your ass out there, show who you are and be real. And then it yeah. shifted the entire experience for me where I was like, I don't have to be like, I don't have to be all polished and put together. I never have been able to tie my scarf like those ladies who like, you no, know, their scarves are always tied perfectly. I don't know. Yes. And I never get it. Even Did they I take a freaking like scarf folding class? <laughs> like, or like wrapping class? Like, who is doing this to each other? Is, <laughs> is a friend doing it for you? <laughs> uh-huh. I've like watched those things online where I'm like, look at the 9 billion things I can do with a scarf. And then I try it and they're like, look how easy it is. And then I do it and I like get myself tied into a knot and. A not a cute knot either. But anyway, so that's the thing that happened with my big announcement that was supposed to be so professional and polished. Yeah. I I mean, that made me, watching those outtakes made me want to sign up immediately. Not not that like the, the finished product wasn't great, but just how real you were and just even having the, the audacity to like post the outtakes. That's what made me love you more. Well, just so you thank know. Thank you. And I'm glad. Thank you. That makes me feel good. <laughs> good. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of your Instagram account, but like watching you and as a person just made me like, like literally fall in love with you. Like girl crush status mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> <laughs> so now that I made it awkward, uh, <laughs> no so way. You have, Getting you loved a- is not awkward. Okay. Good. Um, <laughs> Your Instagram account, spiritual underscore AF, 
Does that sound for, okay, this is going to sound really silly, but whenever I read articles or things on Instagram, um, everything's abbreviated now these days. Like everything has Mm -hmm. a, like no one can just write it all out, um, which makes it really fun to decipher what the hell everyone's talking about. Um, So is it, what does AF sound for? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Well, (laughs) it stands, I mean, in, in uh, meme land, it stands for as fuck. So it's a unit of yeah. measurement. Okay. Um, which is, you know, it's more than a shit ton. Yeah. But yeah, like, so as fuck is the most. So Ooh. the most okay. <laughs> as fuck. Um, like at max, yeah, and, max capacity. Yeah. Like Googleplex or something, you know? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> and right on. It, it, the, the history of my name is that, you know, I started the Instagram years ago after working with uh, teenagers and their families that were uh, dealing with substance abuse issues. And I did that for um, decades and, or oh, wow. I did it for 14 years professionally. And then I had been a part of the programs that I'd worked for. So I'd gone through the program. So it'd been, you know, 20 years of being a part of that. And then I quit mm-hmm. to become a writer and I had I took several months off, but I kept having these people, these like this community that was like, Hey, like I thought I was going to have this kind of support and positivity and this like brand of funny and, um, and engaged with bettering ourselves. And so my friend and I started this Instagram that wasn't called spiritual as fuck. It was actually called unicorn maps because it was what our, um, our mascot of the school we ran was the unicorn named Gloria that everyone kept getting tattooed on themselves. Oh my God, um, that's amazing. And, yeah, there's like so many unicorn ta- or Gloria tattoos that make me feel like my life was worthy, that I did something amazing. But anyway, <laughs> but what okay. happened was that I would, we had this, you know, we were putting out things about you know recovery and positivity and spirituality. And then mm-hmm. we would write something or do something. And then somebody would pop off at me going, well, that's not very spiritual of you. Oh, are you supposed to be spiritual? And it pisses me off. And so oh my I finally God. was like, all right, I'm just going to wave my dick out there and be like, you are, you know what I am? I'm spiritual as fuck. And like, I can post videos of dogs taking shits and I can post twerking videos and I can be weird and awesome. And I can also think that, you know, Rumi is amazing and I can talk about integrity at the same time. And it's that, that thing of like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, throw this out there because it's the thing that I think it's shamed a lot is that we, Mm. you know, people use their, their desire or somebody's desire to be um, growing and changing and having meaning in their life as a way to hurt them. And so that's, that's why I chose spiritual as fuck. Oh my God. That's amazing. I love that. Um, (laughs) So I like reading like articles and stuff. I always Mm -hmm. like AF in my mind is as fuck. So, mm-hmm. you know, reading um, stuff about recovery, AF has a totally different meaning. It means alcohol-free, <laughs> and I did not realize <gasps> that until, like, last week. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that either. Yeah. So I'm, like, sitting there reading these articles. I'm like, wow, this is ballsy. Like, AF, getting it. And then I'm like, wait. AF. And then I'm like, oh, alcohol free. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I am that's alcohol why I had free, to ask. But no. Right. 
No, <laughs> no. I tell people like uh, sometimes like I'll I'll just be like, oh, when somebody asks where I'm like, it's really not appropriate for me to say it's as fuck. I'm like, well, it's like and funny or and fierce mm. or I've also been like, it's spiritual and farts. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. Okay, so speaking of being in recovery, can you give us mm -hmm. a little backstory on yourself and how that came to be? I know you've been yeah. like you're like an OG in the in the recovery community. Well, I'm pretty right? yeah, I've been around a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So my sobriety date is March 18th, 1990. So I'm okay. about to be 29 years sober. Woo! Um, Damn. <laughs> um, That's amazing. I, yeah. Um, and I, uh, my, you know, I have, I have this story that it's like, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very normal and then it's very weird at the same time because I got sober when I was 15 and okay. stayed sober. And so, okay. uh, yeah. So I, um, started drinking. I come from this family of, uh, just, people with mental illness and substance mm -hmm. abuse. And so I was drinking before I could remember people put tequila or, you know, hard alcohol in baby bottles because babies sleep so good when they're drunk a little. Mm. Um, Whoa. Okay, cool. And, and so I, I had access to alcohol and, and drugs from an early age. And it's not okay. that my, my mom is not, my mom is just mentally ill and abusive and not an alcoholic, but okay. just the everyone, my cut, I had this group of cousins. And so we were, we were using and drinking, um, really early on. And I also, so I come from extreme trauma. So any type of trauma that you can name, I probably yeah. had some version of it. Um, okay. And, and so. I really look back and see that my access to, uh, especially alcohol from that early age actually was a lifesaver because I think I would have a lot more, um, mm. mental and emotional, you know, issues if I hadn't had that incredible tool of being able to numb out. So I was like seven and doing like pulling the drawers out in the kitchen to use as stairs to get to the counter to get to the baking um cupboard to drink anything that had a percentage mark on it Whoa. so and then um you know my brother and i used to play this game where when there when all the percentage marks were gone we would go into the uh bathroom that had the washer and dryer and we'd play this thing called honky tonk where we would um take gl two glasses and fill like do little dabs of bleach and then fill it with water and then slam it because it what? felt like alcohol going down um yeah. Bleach? We, yeah. Like liquid well, I mean, bleach. I do, yes. It's really dangerous and bad, but we were kids and we were just, we were Shit. just looking for that feeling of yeah alcohol. Um, I mean, we did weird shit. Like I was really need, I needed to check out. And so, um, okay. and so, so I, you know, we drank when I was like probably eight, I would drink some antifreeze and, you know, got high off of that. And so there's that, all that, like, whoa, that's wild. But then the other yeah. part is, is that I wasn't this horrible low bottom at all. Like, especially okay. for my cult, like the people around me, I really am one of the few, 
no, I don't want to say that. But I, a lot of times what we see with young people getting sober is that they have this like, you know, cocaine or heroin fast track to sobriety. Right. And I didn't, I was really an alcoholic. I really, alcohol is my mm -hmm. drug of choice. I didn't, I, I had drug addicts all around me and I was, I was pretty discerning where I would see like, I don't, I don't want what they're having or, you know, the mm. consequences. And so I was like, I didn't do a lot of extra stuff. Like I didn't, I never shot heroin. I never, I never did a, I wasn't that much of a druggie. I was, I, yeah. I mean, I'd pop any kind of pill. I would drink. So anyway, I, uh, I had that. And then, um, but what I also had at the, so I had this, my, I'm, I, I grew up in Santa Cruz, California, and then my dad okay. was in Alaska. And so okay. we, I had this, my dad had had us in the wilderness for a year as a child. And then when I was 13, I went, my, we, my brothers and I found him again. And then we started going to the wilderness. Um, and, and so what I would have is this wild punk rock, you know, inebriated life in Santa Cruz. And then mm -hmm. one, one month a year or two months a year for a couple of years, I would go and be in the wilderness in um, like a hundred miles from a general store. And I think part of my resilience comes from that. I had that wilderness experience that then informed my life when I was back in California. So I would have this oh. experience of what it felt like to not be uh, drunk all the time and what right. it felt like to be, have some sort of connection. Um, so what happened is. I, so I'm you didn't like drink at up. all. In the, in the wilder, in the wilderness, you didn't drink at all. <laughs> uh, well, you know, like my dad, my dad's like a, my dad's a kind of a, a free thinking guy. And so yeah. we would bring some wine coolers or whatever to like, you know, to celebrate 4th of July or something. But then I would drink, okay. I would go through that in the first day or on the drive in and then it would be gone. So yeah, there wouldn't be anything. There was no option. And yeah, so right. I'd be sober while I was out there. So interesting. Um, okay. And what, and and what did so, you prefer? Like, what did you prefer the wilderness or California? I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm. These gluten-free vegan non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally. And most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, 
Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. Uh, I mean, I, that, that would be a hard question. I, my, I, I didn't have the desire to go live in the wilderness. Like my brother, yeah. you know, once he went back to Alaska, he, he really never left Alaska. And he was like, I'm, we're going back to the cabin in the wilderness. I'm not coming out. And, um, okay. and I didn't have that. I had, I have a very pulled experience where I'm like, I'm both. I like cities and I like the wilderness. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't. I didn't have it where I liked one better, but I knew that I had some, I had this level of peace that happened once I was, um, once I was sober for a couple of weeks and, you know, in the wilderness, there's this, this idea or not an idea. It's this experience of presence. And mm-hmm. when I, when I started, when I took up meditation later, I realized that the, the most peaceful times of my life were a time where I like, I was carrying a gun to go take a shit in the woods because you had to be aware at all times. And right. it was actually, it's a, you know, that if your entire day is spent on your needs and on making, you know, preparing and feeding yourself and being conscious of like everything going on around you that um, it, you know, it sounds like hypervigilance in some ways, but the truth was, is that it was presence. I got, it was the one time I got to be actually present with my life and myself and the world. And so wow. I had that resonance. So when I would come back into my life down here, I would, um, I think I had some clarity that I wouldn't have had if I didn't have that experience. So yeah. by the time I was 15, I was seeing people around me going to jail and dying and killing themselves and having all the consequences of addiction. And I was having this thing where I'd go, tomorrow, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do, I'm not going to do this. And then by three o'clock in the afternoon, I would be like, you know, the underside of my skin would be itching. And then by four, I would, it would not be just like, fuck it, I'm going to go drink. It would be like, this is a really good idea. And I would figure out why it was a good idea for me to go drink. And I was having that where that out of control thing. And I was doing things. I was lying and I was cheating and I was live. you know, I couldn't trust myself. And so I ended up having a typical moment of clarity where I realized that I was like, I'm doing everything that is going to get me the consequences of every person I'm watching getting these consequences. And, Mm -hmm. um, and the, you know, the, the other part of my story is that I actually had this moment of clarity. And then, um, I had this guy that, uh, said he would pimp me, um, and keep me high on heroin forever. If, you know, if I just, if, if I just said I wanted to. And I had this thing of like, Ooh. either I was going to get up the, ne- I was going to get up the next day and just, you know, cause I hadn't done, I hadn't done all the, you know, harder drugs. And I was like, I'm going to get up the next day and just like throw myself into this life and fuck it, go for it. Or I was going to do this like unknowable thing of like change my life. And I didn't have anyone I could ask for help really. Um, okay. And, and I didn't, I couldn't, like, I was like, but I knew it meant not drinking and not doing the life I was in. 
And I stayed up all night being like, okay, junkie prostitute or sober and I don't know. And I actually got up looking for that guy the next day because I had that much hope where I was like, no, I don't even want to try again. I'm so devastated. And that thing about when we try and we fail is so devastating. And it's such a risk. Every time we look up from whatever it is we're doing and go, I am going to grasp onto a shred of hope and try and then we don't make it. I mean, that is, it's, it shreds us. And so I, I didn't, I didn't have it in me to do that. And then I ended up, you know, going and looking for him and then finding my friend who had been court mandated to go to a 12 step meeting. And she told me Mm -hmm. she'd buy me a 40 ouncer if I went. And so I did. And I didn't realize until I was like 10 years sober that I got like picked up and like in the, the worst moment and taken to this option. And so, um, and then I was lucky enough. So I, I was, I mean, I, I'm absolutely blessed with that. I grew up how and where I did in, in one way. And one way I was like, if you could have had a certain amount, any kind of trauma, I was given that. But then the second I had agency at any point, I had these options that I don't think were really ever available to people before my generation in the sense of, well, number one, like, I was in Santa Cruz and the first clean and sober high school in the country had started here like a few months before. And, um, and so by the time oh. I was like a couple weeks sober, I was interviewing for the school. And then I got into the school at 30 days sober. And then I was in, I was in this school where we were completely focused on personal development and well being and, um, wow. recovery. And wait, there's a whole school, yeah. a, a whole high school. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's an alternative school. So it's one okay. it one room school. It you know, yeah. a teacher, full time counselors, and then to be you had to you know you had to apply to be in, and you had to have dedicated already be invested in being clean and sober. So yeah. And how did you find out about that? Oh, I was like at my continuation school, and I like got I was really violent with somebody because I was sober and had no recovery. And so it was pretty not fun to be around. And my, um, the principal was kicking me out, but he, I was like, well, where do I go? And he was like, well, there's this like new program started and you keep telling people you're not drinking anymore. And so I went over there (laughs) and that's like, yeah, that's how, that's how I found it and how I got in. And then I ended up going to school there for two and a half years. And then I, graduated and volunteered there. And then, um, and then at 10 years sober, I ended up becoming a counselor at the school. And then I ended up becoming the director of the school and running it for 14 years. No way. Talk about full circle. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Okay. I mean, 15 years and getting sober, like, I, I don't even remember what I was like when I was 15 years old. Like, I mean, I know what I was like when I was like 20 years old and that was a nightmare. Um, (laughs) but like, how did you know when you were that young that it was a problem and it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just being a a teenager. How did you know the Mm -hmm. difference? Yeah. Well, that's, that's a really great question. And the, the thing for me working with young people for so long is, Mm -hmm. um, is that I don't, I think that absolutely there are stages in our lives where, you know, hormones are raging and 
we're yeah. um, off kilter. Like, I mean, I could probably talk about a week, a month that I'm like that. But Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but the truth is, is that we're always human and we're always having a deeply human experience. And so mm-hmm. um, I feel like we discount that people are able to make really clear, um, powerful decisions uh, at whatever age they are at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just being a teenager in some ways, but I also was I could look critically at my behavior. I could look at um, the undercurrents of what was going on inside me. Um, right. And I, I could see the difference. The other thing for me that um, I'm really lucky that I had people around that were willing to just have a dialogue with me ongoing um, was that I, I didn't, you know, I like you posted something recently that says you don't have to be an alcoholic to stop drinking. And so the idea that I had to identify completely as like, I am this thing, you know, but even just have the potential Mm -hmm. is good enough and way good enough. Because if we look at what addiction and alcoholism is and what it does to people's lives, like the, Mm -hmm. the, the threat of that and having even the potential to be that is a good enough reason to work your ass off (laughs) to not have it. So exactly like, and so for me, I could look critically at Number the the thing that really helps me is that when I step back and go, anyone with the level of trauma in my life, it's probably a not a good idea to be drinking and doing drugs. Like yeah. it's probably never going to be a good idea. And that is there at any point where it seems like why would I risk my life and all the things that I have in it in order to have a beverage? Yes, and, and it seems so ridiculous. Yes. Where I'm like. There's all this cultural stuff about it, but if lemonade had made me almost go be a prostitute, I would just be like, nah, lemonade, probably not a good idea. I'm just going to avoid it. And I'm not going to be freaking out all the time about, I can't drink lemonade. I'd just be like, you know, lemonade, not my thing. Yeah. I know that discounts like so much about what alcoholism and addiction is internally. But when I get to that level of thinking and just kind of look at it critically there, it helps me to just let go of like a whole bunch of dialogue about like, well, what if this and what if that and blah, blah, blah. Because when I think right. about it, I'm like, yeah, there is a possibility that, I mean, when I, like, when I like fantasize about not being an alcoholic, what I fantasize about is like this really big crystal goblet of wine and being able to lay on the couch and watch like chick flicks and pop pills and drink some wine. And I'm like, that's not real healthy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> But that's like my classy version of like right. what my drinking would be like, where I'm like, oh, well, you know, I would be like sex in the city, only I'd be the one in my house popping pills yeah. and drinking and watching it, you know? Alone. Yeah. <laughs> like number uh, one, uh-huh. you're alone. Like you're not, most people would be like, oh, like in a social situation, like to party. No, <laughs> like, uh, I want to just be alone. Yeah. I mean, me too. Full on. Totally. Yeah. Um, or I would be out lighting shit on fire. Cause that's the other thing I like to do. Like I was like ooh. a criminal. I, I was like, you know, I, it, I, I would vacillate from just absolute isolation to, I want to light the whole world on fire. I actually used to light myself on fire and walk through a bowling alley just cause I was bored. And so, Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I, I, so, yeah. So I would have that where, and, you know, and I was like 
I was forging checks and running crime. And my idea when I was that age was that I was like going to, you know, I was going to start a biker gang and rob banks and stuff. And that's not who I want to be, you know? Yeah. I mean, secretly, I've always wanted to be like a spy, like, you know, like Catherine Zeta Jones (laughs) and Entrapment. Like that kind of crime always seems so appealing and sexy to me. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. And I uh-huh. actually thought that that was a career growing up. Isn't that well, so I think weird? It is. Well, it yeah. is, yeah. But I think it is a career, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not like one to be proud of. It's not like, oh, what does your daughter do? Well, she scales, you know, buildings and breaks into banks and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, it could, anything could be a career, especially in 2019. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> anything can be a career. Um, <laughs> that's a great segue into careers and what you're doing now. Um, tell us about your retreats. You just, you just launched this amazing, um, announcement that you have two retreats coming up. I do. Um, can you yeah, tell so us? I have these- yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's going to be a little bit longer of a story if we have time. Cause yeah, no, uh, let it rip. Oh, okay. So yeah. So for like 14 years, I, I worked at the schools as a counselor mm-hmm. and a director and I developed these ways of engaging with concepts and tools that were not like that were palatable to like pissed off young people and, um, mm. and their parents. And, and, you know, just like, like, I feel like one of my gifts is that I can translate like deeply meaningful woo woo stuff to mm-hmm. critical thinking kind of jerks, <laughs> you know? Cause I yeah. am, I'm both. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, they're, you know, the universe and magic and all that. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I'm kind of an atheist. And so, um, yes, I feel like you're that's using both hemispheres of-, of your brain. Like you're mm-hmm. using both sides. Mm-hmm. And so you appeal yeah. to, to both people. Yeah. And so, so I, I developed these things that became just like part of the school, like where we had a language about motivation and 
when you're, you know, like we had a word for when you're losing your boner for life. And when you were like, you know, when you were in the shitty part of your, like, you know, made for TV movie and stuff. And, um, and, and also about like how I was so blessed with like the second I wanted help, I was surrounded by people that were teaching me about how to actually manifest a life I really wanted and the, how to have, uh, uh, you know, some analysis about how my thinking affected my actions and how that affects my life. And, um, and so I was doing all this with these, these young people. And then, you know, we have this, this, we were having amazing results. And even now, like when I announced these retreats yesterday, I had a, like a bunch of my ex students being like, I'm going to try to come. I, I got to get back to this, blah, 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 because the, you yeah. know, they're, Anyway, so it was, it was, I was doing it, but I was under this like bureaucratic structure that I couldn't ever just come out and just be like, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'd always have to wrap it up in this clinical Mm -hmm. language or hide it somewhere kind of stuff. And then after, so I ended up, I'm a writer and it's been, you know, the core of my, um, my dream is about writing. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, in 24, 2013, I quit my job. Um, that I thought I was going to run these schools forever. And I just, I had this okay. very clear, definitive life, you know, life threatening experience that made me just go, I have to throw myself into writing. And so I quit. And then I, um, I took, you know, a year off or uh, from actually having any, you know, service with treatment or anything like that. And then, um, and then, uh, have came back to do the spiritualist fuck thing and have been, um, I went to grad school and got my, just got my master's like a month ago in creative writing. Um, and so I feel like that part is going and now I'm being called into going back on my own terms to work with people again in this, this, mm-hmm. this realm. And so when I was putting the workshops together, I like, Number one, I'm like, I go to all these like woo woo places. Like, you know, I teach at Esalen, like, which is like, you know, the like center of like, you know, woo woo-ness. Um, okay. where people are like, you know, throwing energy balls at each other and walking around <laughs> naked and, you know, deep like eye gazing. Super blessed heart. out. <laughs> yes. And okay. I have to like, whenever I go to trainings or workshops, like if they start a get to know you game, like I want to peel my skin off and use it as a barf bag. Like I want to <laughs> die or like when there's a role playing exercise, yes. I leave. I actually am like, I am physically allergic to role playing and I still want <laughs> that. I still want to learn and grow and change. And so when right. I was putting together these workshops, I was like, Absolutely. I'm not against that. Like, you know, if you interpretive dancing, but I think there's so many people that aren't given access to a deeper experience of personal development because they are grossed out by moaning in public, you know, and they are, they, and so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. And I'm just going to bring full force the things that I know have worked for me to sustain a life that's directed toward meaning and betterment and recovery and uh, engaging with, you know, my soul. And so that's what these retreats are. They're like my first two coming out with going like, I am going to just do it on my own terms. And I'm that's what I'm okay. super excited about. Oh, my God, I can tell. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
I love that passion. That's so cool. Um, so what do you, how do you kind of practice your recovery? Like on a day-to-day basis, what would you Mm -hmm. say are like kind of key points that keep you focused and keep you kind of in your zone? Mm -hmm. Any little secrets? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think, I think the, what, people tend to want is like, they want the answer and the way and the fix. This is, this works because it always works and it works every time. And that just isn't the way life or humans are. And so for me, my, my practice is showing up and like trying to get as much good shit in my toolbox as possible. And then I just keep, you know, plugging away and like not giving up because my tool that it worked for the last two years is suddenly not working today. And right. that, um, and, and so that's one thing is like, don't not get rigid about it, that it's, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it, there's not just one way just because like, uh, you know, like I, I'm a big spiritual seeker. And so I have gone over, you know, to lots of different places and things have really worked. And then I'm like, ah, eh, not, not for me. And it doesn't mean that that thing is bad, or it doesn't mean that it didn't work. It did work. And now I'm on to doing the next thing. And, right. um, and so that, that being said, I do have a pretty clear practice of, um, I say, please. And thank you in the mornings. And I just mm-hmm. like, I, every day I, I, I am, I try to be really grateful for, uh, another day of sobriety. And I ask for another one. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I try to engage with gratitude daily and I make sure that I maintain a level of service in my life, um, yes. which meaning that it's, but it also doesn't have to be some regimented structured form of service. It, mm-hmm. it, I think people get this idea that they have to be elected to some job or they have to go sign up some, to something. But I mean, right. I I mean, honestly, I do this thing on, on spiritual as fuck where in the mornings I do my prayer and my meditation and then I get on there and usually there's somebody who's written me who's going like, Oh, there's this issue. And I, I like try every morning to just respond to at least one person engaged to just go, Hey, there's another human being out here that I, yeah. I, I don't even know you, but I care and you reached out. And so that for me is service where I'm just going to go for at least 10 minutes a day, I'm going to show up for somebody else's life experience. And, but what that level, what that, all the service does for me is that when I can stand and watch somebody else, I usually can see their light better than I can see my own. I can see that they Mm -hmm. are capable of dealing with whatever issues up and, and, you know, and I, and I believe in them and I can, I under, and, and I also like get that space of honoring their lessons and growth. But when it's dealing with myself, I go to, shame. Why am I even like this? Why do I even have this problem? Uh, you're mm-hmm. never going to make it. It's worthless, blah, blah, blah. But when I'm engaged with the like outpouring, then, then when it comes back to myself, I'm more in a place to actually give those things to myself. Yes, <laughs> definitely. No, I mean, we're so freaking hard on ourselves. And like, mm-hmm. when, I mean, it'd be so nice. I always say this. I'm like, I want to talk to myself and to other people the way I talk to my dog. And I don't know why it's, it's the hardest to talk to myself like that. Like I can do that Mm -hmm. for other people, but it's like really hard to talk to my dog Ross the way like to talk to myself. Isn't that so silly? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, it's not, 
I mean, it's, it's what most of us are going through yeah. is that we, we, we have this, this inability or no, this, it's a, it's a restriction towards doing that. It's not an inability. Yeah. So no, I we're think definitely capable. putting things in place. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that, you know, having a, I don't think we should have blind self love or no, like blind self acceptance or I don't, I don't even know. Cause I think those words are always good, but, but I think there is like what, like speaking to ourselves kindly doesn't mean that we stop looking at when I'm like acting like a fuckhead. Yeah. No, absolutely. And so, <laughs> yeah. So that's like, so that, the, that with my recovery, um, you know, I, I, I try to consistently be engaged with some sort of, uh, spiritual development, some sort of, uh, um, service that I, I try to pray and meditate, but prayer can just be writing down what my intentions are. Prayer can be getting conscious about what is it that I truly, really want. Meditation mm-hmm. can be just reading something that somebody else wrote. So it's just not me like wallowing in my own little kiddie pool of my own shit. Cause that's what I'll do. <laughs> if, you know, if I'm not putting in some like engaged positivity. And so, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I have, I per, you know, and I have mentors and other people. I have a thing called a city council that there's like, there's five people in my life that I run decisions by. And, um, if they generally, they are in consensus, like they're like, uh, that's a bad idea. And like, so I, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't okay. like have, a, I, I make a lot of like, I don't think I'm like, you know, all my thoughts are bad, but when I'm grappling with something, I have mm-hmm. these people in my life that I go to that I talk to about what I'm dealing with and they are actively engaged in my integrity. So they, Mm. they already know what it is that I truly want and what I believe in and who I want to be regardless about the world. So whether it be that, you know, uh, that it's a new situation or not, that they know that I am engaged with number one, that sobriety is my baseline of my person, my spiritual practice. So number one, they're never going to be like, you maybe should drink. <laughs> number two, is right. that I'm honest and kind and tolerant. And that even if, you know, through mistakes or through giant um, crises in my life that I, I, I want my, my intention is to maintain a certain level of having my actions match these values. And so that those are people that know me and love me and understand what my triggers are and that they help guide me. Wow. That is a strong community you got there. Anybody can do it. You just go and like find, find those people. And then like, this is what I used to, like I told the kids, like when I was working with kids, I would be like, number one, I have this thing called go dinosaur hunting. Like we all need to find some old people to chill with because old people don't give a (laughs) fuck. Like they don't care who you sleep with. Yes. Yeah. They, they're probably not going to like, sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend because they're just not interested. And they have that long view. Like one of my mentors is 83 and a devout atheist. And she consistently goes, um, she goes, well, you know, life is long. You don't know what's going to happen. Like take a deep breath, man, go to gratitude. And like she, her ability to just look at it and to be like, she's looking at like, well, you know, 40 years ago, I thought that was in, I thought that was really important, but I've got a longer view. And that just right. her ability to, to do that for me. And 
you know, so I, and I, I think we, we, I know that we can all do that. Like, of course, we're going to make mistakes or like that city council can change, but we can all mm-hmm. probably identify a few people that if we got real with them, especially when we're like, like, okay, you know that I completely messed up in this area or when this thing happens and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you and be open and not hide anything so that when I come to you, you're going to have the whole story. And that has been like life changing for me. So, yeah. And I think we can all find it. We can all have some version of that. Absolutely. And I'm totally 100% with you with the older people. Like it's so nice to, and it's refreshing, isn't it? Like to get that, mm-hmm. that wisdom and experience and yeah, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's great. Um, oh my God, this is like such a great conversation. I love it. I don't, I don't want to end it, but, um, <laughs> what advice would you give to anyone listening to us today? Either like thinking of getting sober, they are sober. What advice would you give to anyone listening? Huh. Well, that's hard because I have shit tons of advice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, just, just come to my retreat and I will tell you everything you need to do. Um, (laughs) no, but if it's just, if it's, if it's just a, you know, the broad thing about people who are maybe looking at that they have an issue with, Mm -hmm. with substances. Um, I think so. Okay. This is my, this is one take on things. I think one of the core things about, uh, substance abuse is, is denial. And I think the way that Mm. we have taught, the way that we've engaged with denial is that we, we explain it as if we use all these different, you know, you can look online and there's like seven basic forms of denial where it's like, uh, um, now I'm not thinking of it. I should have it in front of me, but it's like, you know, diversion, you make them laugh. It's a outright denial. Mm. It's, um, aggressive where you just get angry at the other person. It's, um, intellectualizing and rationalizing and these things, but we're, we explain them in this way that goes, this is how I deny my actions to others. And that we look at alcoholism and addiction as going, yeah, people, people are in denial and they deny things to the people in their lives. They, they act like things aren't happening, but the right. the thing for that I see about it is that, and the thing that made and makes me sit in bed at night and not want to wake up in the morning is the denial that I do to myself. And it's the crazy making part of addiction and alcoholism. It's the part that goes, I, 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 I go, to, I, I can go to sleep at night and look at my life and go, I know what's right and good. And I know what kind of human being I want to be. And then mm-hmm. I get up the next day and I convince myself that the worst thing for me is actually okay. I convince mm. myself that yep. I, it's, it's okay to lie and cheat and steal from the people I love the most. And that kind of denial, the way that we get into those situations is that horrible heart wrenching, like, you know, demoralizing thing. And that Mm. if we start to address that, if we just start to address it with some care and some Mm -hmm. love, and usually that means getting honest. And so the first thing I think, and anybody who's thinking about uh, shifting out of a life that has habitually 
negative or harming behavior is to start to just get honest and say, tell people how much you drink, tell them how much you use, tell them where you go, start telling on yourself because the more you can break down the external denial thing, the more Mm -hmm. that you're going to be able to challenge the internal denial. Ooh, love that. Oof, that's great advice. Um, I think everyone needs to go to your retreats. Like we need, we need more of those nuggets. So where can we, where can we get more information on your two retreats coming up? Mm, um, so you can go to my Instagram, which is spiritual underscore AF. And then in the link, there's a link tree and you can look at that. Um, you can go to my website, which is spiritual-af.com or spiritualaf.net. Um, and you can see events there. So the, the dates are that there's the first one is coming up really quick. It's April 5th through the 7th and it's in the Santa Cruz mountains in California. And, um, and then the next one is September 27th through the 29th and it's in Ojai, California, which is just north of Los Angeles. Um, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, that's where you can find me. And you can do it on Facebook too. I'm spiritual AF on Facebook. And I think if, if there's somebody else who's like doing a spiritual AF thing, I think my name on there is the real spiritual AF or something like that. Okay. Or you can look up online. Here's another thing. You can look at my other website, which is just roxannemcdonald.com. Um, and Roxanne is spelled okay. like a chemical. It's Roxanne, R-O-X-A-N. Um, <laughs> and then McDonald, M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. Okay. And then you can find everything from there. You like, yeah. Gosh, I sound Perfect. like such a big deal all of a sudden. I got two websites you really are. and all these you got social like, media. <laughs> you got like a lot of websites. You're just like uh-huh. raking it in. Yeah. Check it out. I don't know. If, I'm, I'm more, um, I'm more like spending it out right now, but I also yeah. like you should tune yes. in because I have so many, I have this announcement that I'm going to make about the stuff I've been working on for years. And next week on the, on March 14th, I am going to announce this thing that I've been doing that I, I can't talk about it yet, but I am like, I'm so excited. So if you, if you're even at all interested and you can't come to the retreat, but you just want to know, like, what is this thing that I have been uh, holding on to for two years and working my butt off on tune in. Oof. One week away. (laughs) One week away. Yeah. One week. That's amazing. Roxanne, thank you so much for talking with me. You are <laughs> awesome. This has been like one of my favorite interviews for sure. Or conversations. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. This has been amazing. You're so sweet. I All love right. you. I mean, I'm not really that sweet, but I'll take it. How great is that interview and how amazing is Roxanne? See, there is more to than just a funny meme account. There is a woman, a brilliant woman behind that, and she is willing to share her gifts and knowledge and skills with you all. So definitely check out her website, her Instagram, spiritual underscore AF for all the information of her upcoming retreats. You don't want to miss it. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I couldn't do this without you. Make sure to follow along 
for the ride at a, at a Sober Girls Guide on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget the blog. Don't sleep on those nuggets of wisdom. We have everything, tips, tricks, pop culture. Yes, I said pop culture. Celebrities are sober too. Check it out, SoberGirlsGuide.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Have a great day.